What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the podcast, Correctly Mistaken, on the Anchor app. I'm your boy, Wes Wonder, man. What is going on? Uh, I sigh because this is a sigh of a Dallas Cowboy fan. A sigh of somebody who has been, excuse me, a fan of the Cowboys as long as I can remember. My grandfather, God rest his soul, being from Mesquite, Texas, loved the Dallas Cowboys, and because of that, I love them too. Uh, my father was an Eagles fan, believe it or not, but my mother and father divorced uh, roughly about now, my goodness, over 30 years ago. And, you know, my dad never really gave, you know, he didn't push anything on me uh, per se. So I was always spending time with my grandfather because my father um, lived in Virginia, my mother lived in New York where I was born in New York and I spent time with my grandfather over the weekends and the Dallas Cowboys were a big thing. I mean, I, I remember him buying me the Emmett Smith back in the day when he wore the, the plastic shoulder pads and the plastic helmet and and I was just engulfed with the Dallas Cowboys. In those years where we had the glory years with Aikman and, and uh, Emmett and Irvin and on defense with James Washington and Larry Brown and Leon Ladd and the great offensive line with Nate Newton and Mark Tuane, Jay Novacek. I mean, those were the great years. And we had one of the best, maybe top offensive, linemen, offensive lines ever. But as we do know, rules change and Anything involves over time. After a while, things involved. People want to be entertained. People want to get their money's worth. And eventually, you try to make rules where people can still want to tune in and watch something that's not unwatchable. And over the years, that's what the NFL has done in terms of making the rules um tailor-made so that quarterbacks and offenses can score a lot of points because people or fans want to see teams that score a lot of points. It just is what it is. But sometimes I think people, or the the old saying goes, like that man, the old guy on the corner that says, get off my lawn, and doesn't want things to change, and all that person wants to do is probably get something to them where they'll be able to improve the way of living in terms of uh, their everyday living, their home, just technology, period. But sometimes it seems that people forget to miss the shift. Uh, my father always talks about missing the shift. Um, and when the shift comes, you have to adapt to it or you're going to be lost. And you're going to be left behind. And watching that game last night, the Monday night football game last night between the Dallas Cowboys, my team, and the Tennessee Titans, a good uh, defensive team, but a good, strong team where they're even better when they're given confidence. And Marcus Mariota last night, somebody who I haven't really been sold on, but he comes out and has these good games and makes you think, oh, if he could string these things together, these games together, you got something. And last night, he had a great game. Passing, running, he was throwing anticipation passes, things I haven't seen him do. It was really good to see it in terms of me being a football fan and seeing a quarterback mature. But at the same time, it's at the <laughs> the pearl or the 
the sadness of my Dallas Cowboys, where once again it's shown that we've missed the boat. And I've always said, you got people that are good people, good kids, good guys, but they just aren't what you want them to be ultimately. Like you may have that man or that woman that you may say, oh, man, they're great. Oh, they do this. This is what they bring to the table. But some of the pivotal things that you need in order to make the relationship work, that just might not be them. Or an employee of some sort where you want them to meet expectations of doing some type of responsibility or whatever the case may be. And you say, wow, they have the demeanor, the attitude for it. But ultimately, they have showed you time and time again, based on their performance, maybe they're not the one to do that. Maybe they have a role somewhere, but that's not the role that they have. Or they can't reach that level of what you want them to reach. And sad to say, that's what I feel about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is a great kid. I've always said it. People who listen to me, who I talk to, he's a great kid. He's a guy that character alone, you want to lead your franchise. He's a guy that does the, the you know, the same old uh, uh, quarterback speak, doesn't say much, is a leader, doesn't throw guys under the bus. But he is the prototypical franchise quarterback that you want in terms of demeanor and character. But it always, to me, I always look at it when you come into the scene, you sneak up on people. 2016, Dak Prescott sneaked up on people, had the greatest rookie season ever as a quarterback. But I always said to people who know me, Romo was still an, still in our roster at the time. I wanted Tony Romo to be our starting quarterback because I knew that there was a lot of things in place of why Dak Prescott was having the success that he was having. Our great offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott running for almost 1,800 yards. Des Bryant still playing at a, maybe not his apex, but at a level where he was very effective. <laughs> but it comes a time when the tape is out, See, that's the thing people don't realize with great players. Great players, and I put this on Twitter, and follow me on Twitter at West Wonder at Correctly Mr. One. West Wonder at Correctly Mr. One is my, tw- is my Twitter account or my uh, Twitter handle. I don't think I've never said Twitter handle before, but yes, yeah, my Twitter handle. But it comes to a point where we have to realize what we have and Dak Prescott isn't what we need in order to move forward to the next level. He was a fourth round pick for a reason, but a fourth round pick that had a lot of help around him that helped him be successful outside of somebody like Tony Romo, who say what you want about Tony. He may have those times where he threw a key interception, had a blunder, a key turnover, whatever the case may be. But if you had no running game and you needed your quarterback to throw the ball 40 times to win the football game, Tony Romo had that ability. 
an ability that Dak Prescott does not have. I mean, it's point blank. It doesn't make him a bad person. He's a great kid. It doesn't mean that he's a bad player, per se. It doesn't mean he can't throw the football. But you show on a consistent level, he cannot put us in position to win by his arm. Teams know. The tape is out. You stop Zeke. You stop the Cowboys. From the quarterback position, we don't have the talent to compete in today's NFL where the offenses and the rules are tailor-made for elite passers, for dominant passers, to be able to throw the ball all around the field. Because when you're struggling from the running game and you can't get nothing going, to put the ball in Drew Brees' hand if you can't do nothing with Alvin uh, Kamara, or Mark Ingram. If Green Bay doesn't have a running game, which they really don't ever, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton to an extent, but he uses his legs as well to be effective. Kirk Cousins is somebody as well. Guys who can beat you throwing the football. Dak Prescott cannot do it. And I think with Jerry Jones, where I know what Jerry Jones is doing in terms of looking at it, is they're trying to bring back the triplets where you had Aikman and Emmett and Irvin. And when the running game was so dominant, we were able just to plow teams. But that isn't the case anymore. Yeah, remember, Troy Aikman went to the Hall of Fame. He only had one season that he threw 20 touchdown passes or more. One season. Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer, only finished with 65 touchdowns. Not only, I mean, per se, it's a lot of touchdowns, but in today's NFL, you got guys like Chris Carter or guys who are in the Hall of Fame, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, um, guys who have 100 or more touchdowns. But he was somebody that spearheaded a dynasty. So you're going to get Hall of Fame consideration, and you're going to get in. As Aikman and Emmitt and Irvin, all three are in the Hall of Fame. But it just seems to me that Jerry Jones is missing the boat, and he's always missed the boat. We have become a complete, mediocre, average franchise since we won our last Super Bowl against Neil O'Donnell and the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 1995. And the sad thing is, sadly, it is not going to change as long as Jerry Jones is in place. Jerry Jones is the root of all our issues here, even more than Dak. Because of his stubbornness and not understanding what it takes if you want to compete, he's a master marketer. It's shameful how the Dallas Cowboys have been irrelevant but relevant all in the same time only because of the fact of the marketing and the business savvy of Jerry Jones. I do not take that from him. He bought the Dallas Cowboys for $180 million, I believe. Now the team was worth $5 billion. The man is a master marketer. He's a master businessman. 
but he doesn't understand because he played off as a lineman at the University of Arkansas. He believes that he knows football to the extent where he can build a team and they can win. But when you won these Super Bowls, you had a coach and didn't take any crap from you. Jimmy Johnson, who you eventually fired because you didn't like the fact that he wouldn't take no crap from you. And you won at a time where the running game was pivotal and the rules were not as they were today. Jerry Jones doesn't seem to understand that the way this is going, we're going to be average. But the reason why it probably doesn't matter to him is because of the fact that we're average, but at the same time, we're worth $5 billion. Fans still come out. You got a billion-dollar stadium. The brand itself is huge. You have Dallas Cowboys fans, as myself, all over the world. So really, at at the end of the day, as long as the money keeps flowing in, why the hell do you care about if you win or not? People say winning is the end game. But when you show time and time again, based on the moves that you're making, that you are so tone deaf to understand, sometimes putting yourself out of the equation and just being the owner and allowing some football people to actually run football things, you can possibly be, you can possibly be a Robert Kraft. Somebody who understands I'm the owner, I signed the checks, I let Bill and the coaches do what they got to do. And look, five Super Bowl championships. Yes, Jerry, you have three, but your last one was from 20 years ago. (laughs) Plus now, we're at 23 years now. Robert Kraft just won his last Super Bowl two years ago. And would have probably won this past year against the Eagles if My boy Graham didn't make such a big-time play in stripping Tom Brady after he still threw for 508 yards in the Super Bowl, and they only lost by three. Because football people are doing football things. And see, Jerry Jones, it's a family-run operation. And you got to give the Joneses a lot of credit. But it just seems to me that there is a disconnect that Jerry Jones doesn't seem to understand. Even from the coach that he's hired, everything he has done and put in place is to make it Jerry Jones friendly. No chaos between the coach and the owner or the coach and management. Just all shucks, good old boy. Hey, man, Jerry. Hey, Jason, my son, man, I love you, boy. You my man, I love you. No problems. As long as you do what I say, you'll be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, which is not, it's a cushy job to have because you're making money, you're paid, and you get to be the coach on probably the biggest brand in terms of the football name in the world. But I believe that friction sometimes brings out the best in people. Sometimes we have to go back and forth. Sometimes you don't have the same line of ideas. Sometimes you got to clash a little bit. 
to get to a place where you can have success. Yes, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones had success, but they clashed. And sometimes they didn't have the best conversations. And Jerry Jones sadly couldn't take it anymore because as more Super Bowls Jimmy Johnson went, ran or won, excuse me, the more irrelevant Jerry Jones came. And I always say that Jerry Jones wants to be the person that people say won a Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys. He wants all the credit. He got mad at Jimmy had the credit. He got mad at Jimmy told him to bleep off half the time, and he got rid of him. He tried to get with Parcells. Too much clash for Jerry. Jerry Jones isn't a guy that likes to clash or a guy that doesn't want to feel like that he is of the lesser hand in the room. If you make him feel that way, you're getting the hell out of here. That's what Bill Parcells did. That's what Jimmy Johnson did. And now you bring in guys like Dave Campo and Chan Gailey. Guys who, as men, are probably good guys. Well, I'm sure they are good men. But as head coaches, it's a joke. Jerry Jones is literally in terms of football, destroying the Dallas Cowboys. And the sad thing is, it's not somebody that you can get rid of because he's the owner, the team president, and the general manager. He's the owner, and he's putting the roster together. And see, what happens is, you'll get these flash-in-the-pan seasons, 13-3, and 12-4. You'll have those things. Because the NFL is built sometimes, some years, things go your way, you have some bounces, you'll have some success. But to have the continually sustainable success as the Patriots have had over the years, the Steelers in terms of being competitive, uh, those things you won't have. And you be looked at as the joke that people are calling us as a Dallas Cowboys franchise. It's, that Prescott is a good kid. But he doesn't have the ability to lead us in terms in the passing game. And as a quarterback in this day and age, and as a quarterback, what the rules are tailor-made for you to throw for 5,000 yards, he can't do it. It's almost as if, like, he can throw the football. I'm not saying that. But, like, Tom Glavin, guys like Greg Maddox, uh, guys who, Andy Pettit, guys who maybe not be the, the, the biggest arms in the world in terms of velocity, but guys who knew how to throw the right pitch at the right time. A curveball, fastball, changeup. It's like Dak can't, and he hasn't involved to understand the situations, how he has to go about when it comes to the passing game. Last night, he just throws the football into double coverage. I mean, he, on a second down in the red zone. Those things you just cannot do as a third year quarterback. Can't do it. And but he did. 
Since 2017, there are four quarterbacks, four quarterbacks in this league that have had 10 games with multiple turnovers. Jameis Weston, he's been benched. Deshaun Kaiser, he's a bum. Backup for the Green Bay Packers, but I hope I hope Packers fans, not, not I hope Packers fans and the Packers team itself are hoping that Aaron Rodgers does not get hurt. Because that means Deshaun Kaiser will have to be your quarterback. And that is going to be a ride that you were no part of. And Derek Carr. And two years ago, he was having an MVP season. But now the jury's still out. Don't know what you're going to get from Derek Carr. In terms of how good of a quarterback that he Of a quarterback that Derek Carr can be. The jury's out. That Prescott can't turn over the football that way. You can't. Not in year three. <laughs> it comes to a point where the number one cardinal sin of a quarterback is you cannot turn over the football. And Dak Prescott has 10 or more games with multiple turnovers. The play he did when it was, I think it was third and 13, he drops back. He's getting ready to get sacked, but instead of just taking the sack, he's trying to make this two-yard play out of nothing where it's going to be a punt, but then he gets loose with the ball and fumbles the football. He did it in Washington when he fumbled the football in his own territory, deep in his own territory, and it was a pickup and score for the Redskins. Yes, we got Amari Cooper, and they tried to, yesterday, what I can't stand to a lot of times when you get these new pieces, you want to justify the trade, so you start just throwing them the football early. And that was kind of what he did in terms, or that's not kind of, that's exactly what he did in that interception that he threw in the red zone, in the end zone, just trying to push it and give it to Amari Cooper. Sometimes that's all he was staring at. Right at Amari Cooper, not going through his progressions, not keeping the defense off kilter, just hiking the ball, looking, and throwing. And that's not a sophisticated passing game. You can't just stare down receivers, not in this league. Because as the receivers and the passing game gets better, you start developing cornerbacks better and better. And these are guys that you cannot stare down receivers and think you're going to have success in terms of completing passes on the football field. That Prescott's a good kid. I will keep saying that. Had a good rookie year. But the truth is, last year, you could have you saw it last year. Zeke was out those six games. We didn't have a chance. Yeah, we finished nine and seven, but a lot of those games, Dak Prescott didn't play well because he's not capable of playing well in this new era of offense where quarterbacks are the ones that could dominate and throw you a game in terms of throwing a game that you can win, give you the best chance to win a game because of what they could do with their arm. 
Not because they have somebody in the backfield that can throw, that could run for 150 yards a game and keep everything off balance. Because there's going to be some times where Zeke's going to get bottled up. And right now he had 17 carries for 61 yards yesterday, last night. He's getting bottled up because the tape is out. You stop Zeke, you stop the Cowboy offense, period. That Prescott is not feared because he doesn't have the ability to lead a team with his arm. But did that mean that he's not a good football player? Maybe he's a backup quarterback. And now you're coming up to uh, his fourth year of his deal next year. And you have to decide you're going to give him $28 million a year. And I hope to my God in heaven that Jerry Jones doesn't do it. But the way he was talking last night about Dak... Like, you got to give Jerry Jones credit. He's a loyal guy. That's why the players love to be a cowboy because the players get great treatment. They love Jerry. And Jerry loves them. But sometimes love ain't got nothing to do with it. In this game, it's win or lose, it's results. You got to win. And we haven't in 20 years, haven't even sniffed an NFC championship game in over 20 years. While all in all, Robert Kraft and the Patriots have been to eight Super Bowls and possibly are going to get to their ninth one this year. Maybe the Chiefs and the Chargers got something to say about it. But they're going to be right there at the end. And they already beat the Chiefs. I'm not sure if they play the Chargers. But right now, if them and the Chiefs finish with the same record, guess where you got to go through to get to the Super Bowl? Foxborough. And what does that mean? It gives Brady the advantage because it's hard to beat that team in Gillette, in Foxborough, like it is hard to beat the Saints and Drew Brees in that dome. Home field advantage is big in New England. Eight Super Bowls. And all Robert Kraft does is sit up there in that booth and allow, in his box, excuse me, and allow the football guys to take care of the football situations. And therefore, he's been claimed or going to be proclaimed probably when it's all said and done. Maybe the greatest owner of all the sports. Definitely in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame. And I guess it could be warranted. I mean, he he did a lot for the game. But in terms of what's going on now and what have you done for me lately, it's not Hall of Fame worthy. We've been an average franchise over 20 years. And I don't see no change in sight. Because last night I asked about Garrett, he said no. I asked about Dak, uh, nah. You know, Dak is okay. And, and even, even in that light, he's doing press conferences after the game. I mean, it's just amazing to me how these things just become the cowboy way. Like the Patriot way, where things are 
football ran and ran right and ran with competence. This is the cowboy way. Let's make a lot of money. Let's build a lot of hype. Let the owner be the spearhead of everything. Football coaches or football people be damned. That's the cowboy way. And the cowboy way hasn't done anything to be relevant since 1995. (laughs) And now we go back-to-back weeks on the road against the Eagles and at the Falcons. (laughs) Three and seven written all over this year. It's been real. We're done. And you know the sad thing is, Jason Garrett, Dak Prescott, We'll be back. They're probably going to extend Dak Prescott in the offseason. Even though all the metrics and all the evidence show don't do it because it's not going to lead to success. He's going to do it. Because it's Jerry's way. And Jerry's way, unfortunately, is the cowboy way. Thank y'all for listening, man. I appreciate your time, man. I'll be back soon with another podcast, man. Like I said, follow me on Twitter, Wes Wonder at Correctly Mr. One. Wes Wonder at Correctly Mr. One. Any uh, comments, thoughts, concerns, drop something in my voice box. We'll talk about it, man. Until then, man, y'all be blessed, man. I love y'all much, man. I appreciate you guys giving me the time um, to listen and and to be attuned to me because, like I said, this is something where I'm I'm not a guy that you know, <laughs> all about the glitz and glamour or a guy that, you know, that's been here or there and everywhere. I'm just a dude from a normal cat down the street, man, that got a lot to say. <laughs> and I always make sure I stay on my knees and I pray. <laughs> I thank God for him letting me see another day. And I did not mean to rhyme, (laughs) but it came out that way, y'all. This is the podcast, Correctly Mistaken, man. I'll be back soon. This is your boy, Wes Wonder, man. Walk in love. Be blessed. Peace.